0: Welcome to the next episode of the Memories of Country Bees podcast with me, Martin Coleman. And today, without doubt, we are certainly talking to someone who in the last 15, 20 years of the club being open is definitely classed as a Bees legend. Three times he's picked up an Elite League winning trophy, won other titles with the club, other other medals and trophies, British Grand Prix winner, uh, superstar of the sport and certainly a what of Team Great Britain, and I'm delighted to be welcomed by Chris by Chris, how are you? Uh, good mate, thanks for having us on. No problem at all. Thanks so much for for joining us. And uh, before we we get into the history, Chris, sort of as somebody that that loves spending time on the bike, how uh, how frustrating has the last twelve months been for you? Oh, very. Um, as you know, in an LPI, I don't like not being on my bike. I love riding my bike
1: and racing. Um, I've had a few meetings last year. I think I've done about ten maybe 15 something like that um which normally I'm not like nearly 80 100 <laughs> a year so um yeah it was tough but it was nice in the way as well obviously having the new- the newborn again the last year so I wanted to spend a bit of time with the with all the
0: family where I don't normally get that chance yeah and th- and what sort of obviously we're not far now from a potential lifting of lockdown and and the excitement must be building for uh, for getting back on the track with with Peterborough and Birmingham this year yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it.
1: Um, no two tracks I enjoy. Um Peterborough, one of me a track I've always enjoyed, one of my favorite tracks, and the ones that give me the, the chance in the top league many all them years ago. So uh and Birmingham we um yeah, I'm looking forward to going back there to put to put
0: things right from when I was there last time. Yeah. So two tracks you you've been to before and you you'll no doubt have plenty of fans there and, and no doubt a lot of cough fans will be uh, will be making journeys over with it not being too far. So uh yeah. Fingers crossed we do get the, the green light and, uh, and you're able to get the leg back over that machine and start ripping around the tracks come sort of May time. Fingers crossed. So let's take you back, Chris, nearly 20 years now, 18 oh. years. Um, <laughs> make me old. Long, yeah, shows how long you've been in it. So winter of 2003 and um, you'd had a, a really good run. You, you'd very nearly won the World Under 21. And then um, going into 2004, the Bees make a sign in. Chris Harris joins. How um how did that move come about? What were the sort of discussions like with uh, I presume at that point was probably what Colin Pratt, and do those sorts of people?
1: Yeah, no, I had a, a reasonable two thousand and three, like you said, um, finished second hamper in the world under uh, twenty ones, which you know was one point short. But I'd not really look like that. He uh, there was a few problems on the way there, as in him letting a, one of his Polish riders pass him to finish on the podium. But you know that's here by there. But yeah, I was come close there, but. Peterborough was good that year doubling up with them and Chelawney and then there, the winter um towards the end of the year Colin said that they would be interested. Would I be interested in coming over to to Cov? And I was like, Yeah, you know, we can talk in the winter and we'll go from there. It's a track I enjoyed. Um and we went from there and say so he phoned up in the winter. We uh, we managed to uh, to get a deal together and uh, and went from there really. Um, I did I had other clubs talking to me, but Co- Coventry, Felt more of a better fit for me.
0: Okay, and and you, you'd sort of I know Colin is somebody that you've dealt with a long time in the sport, and and somebody that you've always had a lot of time for. Um, you know, what were the sort of negotiation with Colin like? Was he pretty straightforward?
1: Yeah, he's you know, but Colin won't. Uh, you know, Colin knows has been around for a long time. He knows what what it's about. You know, he knows everyone's got to make livings and that. But you know, it wasn't just about the money side of it because you know but then I was more worried about just racing, racing my bike um mm-hmm. um so it was more what what I could learn from going to there and you know what help Colin would give me I cause I've known him say for years and you know the experience he had from racing himself and and the riders that he had previous you know that he's worked with with like Billy and Greg and and all them all them other great riders that's written for Coventry so it was more um
0: that factored into it as well that that excited me to come there. And and you'd been there the year before, Chris, when you'd ridden for Peterborough. What were your sort of what were your impressions of the stadium and, and the sort of setup there? Was it did it feel much different to to somewhere like Peterborough or, or certainly different to maybe Trelawney and places like that?
1: Yeah, definitely different to Trelawney because Trelawney was on like as they say, on the moon. But no, the stadium <laughs> was always full, you know, and the atmosphere was there and it was just you just got a buzz every time you I when I was there as a visiting rider, it was you know the fans was the fans was passionate and they got behind the, their riders and their club and their and you know it was something that I wanted to sort of be a part of. Yeah.
0: Did Did you think back then that you'd end up being at the club for as long as you did?
1: Well, you, no, probably it's not as long as I did. Um, because you know, you know, as you know, speedo, you you sort of don't know where you are from one year to the next with the rules and that. Yeah. But to spend as many years as I I did there, I was very grateful. You know, once. Once I got there, after the first couple of years, even the years started off, you know, the bad ones I had, I still
0: wanted to be there because I felt yeah. I felt comfortable there. Yeah, which I guess for for when you're you're trying to plan for year to year, if you if you do feel comfortable somewhere, it, it makes things a lot easier in terms of your planning.
1: Yeah, I'm not one. I'm, I'm not a rider that likes to keep swapping and changing clubs yeah. every year. I, once I'm at a club and I and, and I'm happy there, I, I'm quite happy to stay there um, as long as you know, both parties are are happy. Things are going right. I'm not one to want to keep swapping clubs because I think you engage with the fans, you get your fan base, you know. It's just little things, you know. Fans, they buy you merchandise and, you know, and then you're following you, you're not there. And, you know, I just, yeah, I'm, I just, as you can see over the years, I really like moving. Yeah. Um,
0: Like I said, so I was more than happy to stay as long as I did and when you came to the club, did you manage to, to gain any sort of new sponsors in the area? Did you, did you did you manage to sort of pick up bits that way?
1: Um God, you asked me a long time ago now, as you said. Um I I probably did. Um I know obviously Tang was sort of always sponsoring me a little bit when uh I was at Peterborough anyway, but um yeah. obviously they got more involved when I was at Cov 'cause they of of the backing that they give Coventry at the time and um so yeah, probably uh, I probably picked some bits up there, but so uh, I'm that is that for long ago now. <laughs> yeah. I, I had from hard job remembering what I did last
0: week remembering no about twenty <laughs> odd year ago. <laughs> and, and you you've had a couple of main sponsors, haven't you, throughout your time? I know obviously Jeff appeared on on the front of you. your your bites, Jeff Dagger for a fair bit, and you've always had people that have, have supported you throughout your career.
1: Yeah, obviously Jeff Jeff Dagger was a it was you know, he's an old he was an old sponsor as in he his his involvement started when I was at Exeter and um he come over after a meet once and goes oh here's some money towards you know your expenses I know it's you know it's expensive blah blah and then he was like oh, I would like to sponsor you five pound of um for every away point you score and I was to give it to help toward there because I at the time I was okay Exeter away struggling a little bit and obviously not scoring the points and that so he was so you know helped out that way and it you know, he, he he stayed with me for for many years that way, and he ended up sort of going back to work really part time to work in a bookstore just to just to sponsor me. Um, <laughs> you know, but he loved his speedway. And he, he used to come away with me. He, he he was from Bath, so away meetings he would um, he would jump in the van with us. He would go on the on the way get up to Bristol at the Granada Services, pick him up. He'd leave his um, Vespa scooter there, come away with me and with his bow, and you know traveled all over the country with us um you know he was he, he was a great friend as he is now and mm-hmm. still so is and uh you know at one stage, one stage he ended up buying me a, a complete bike which back then was a, you know, was a lot of money like five six grand I think it mm-hmm. was and you know for someone who, who was a pensioner and went back work just for just to, so he could help me and be put me and be involved he didn't really do it because he wanted his name on there um you know and we designed his his little name as the dagger we put it in and we put that on there to make it looked good not just a name and he and he loved that and then i remember another st- you know when extra won the league in 2000 at workington we dropped him off at the uh services and he was buzzing you know being a extra support and on the way home he got pulled over because it was like middle of the morning and he f- they f- the police pulled him over thinking it was uh someone stole it and he was he was singing <laughs> we are the champions and and it, and like that and he was just, and they said oh where you come from and he was like oh workington and they looked at him and then looked at his buying. and went you what? he went oh we've just been working to him. we just won the, the the league and stuff like that and he was like and then they said you've come from workington on that he goes no you asked where I've come from you didn't ask where I've come from on this <laughs>
0: so and it uh, it's people like Jeff and and obviously a lot of riders will have it, but you've mentioned that you you build rapport with fans and that sort of stuff, and it's it's those sorts of fans as well that are uh, uh, you know critical to a rider when there are points of a season when a rider's not earning much money and and certainly injuries and stuff, and, and they become the lifeblood of your of your sort of sport. Yeah, you always
1: get you know the ones that want to give you something, even though you know they they go to work themselves and they're probably struggling. They they feel oh they want to help out because they they do know what a struggle racing can be which is all which you know which is not even you know another sponsor of mine from down home he come on board and Nigel Holmes he ended up being a driver with me for many years and he was just come on board as a sponsor when I first started in speed over my dad a few quid and then he ended up say helping and ended up driving me around the country for for many years so people like that you know it's it's not always the big sponsors that you that how that you, you appreciate is the small ones that come in and, and do other things, not just come in and go. There's a big fat check, you know. Obviously, the
0: big ones are our <laughs> help
1: as well, but um, yeah.
0: No, it's it's good. It's great to to hear a rider that's got the you know the the respect of the, of the people that, that help him out. So, I mean, back in that in that first season, Chris, it was fair to say for the club it wasn't a, a great season, but for you, you you averaged just under six. Was that? sort of path away you was expecting to be or was it better or worse? Or did you have no expectation?
1: Um, yeah, that first season was dreadful, i uh, say for the club. But for a personal note, it was oh, dreadful for me. I didn't go there to to have a season like that, you know, coming back, coming from Peterborough um, and having a, I think at the time, seven point average or seven and a half point average. It was, I was expecting to maintain and, or build on that. That was my expectation. That, But it was just, um it was just yeah a
0: year that just got a bit off and and does it i mean obviously I'm going to come on to a couple of far more successful years shortly, but if you're in a team that's struggling um and, and i know it's it's very much an individual sport, but you're expected to become a like a team rider and that sort of stuff but if 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 riders around you're struggling does it does it affect you does it, it does it affect your performance or or do you just sort of Put the, the the blindfold on and just try and concentrate on your own. Stuff. Yeah,
1: I, you try not to let it affect you because, like you said, you're there for yourself as well as a team, now and you, you see there's. But when the team is struggling, you want to try to help out. But when you're struggling yourself, you know you can't really help out with things. Especially there when I first came in, I was obviously a bit younger than the other riders there. So, you know, at the time, I didn't think they would be looking at me for any advice to help them get out of the slumping that they was in because, you know, they had a bit more experience than what I had
0: yeah and and during that season um Colin was joined by Peter Oakes again somebody that you've you spent plenty of time with over the years and and Peter and Colin started to assemble uh, a different side for the year after and um, what What was it like working with peter yeah
1: I've known peter for for many years again, and um you know I've always had a good relationship with him um so when he when Colin said that he he was going to be on board to help on the race days and so Colin could, Take a step back and do other things as such. Yeah, it was good. You know, two minds there. They both they're both well into the sport. They both know their riders and everything. So you know, to have two people like that
0: with the the knowledge they both had or have, it was great. And, and then we we get into two thousand and five, which is the first of your of your three elite league titles with the club. Um, and again, it wasn't a great start to the season, but a, a a team change at the end of May, and we always know team changes are made, and it's it's sad for the riders that get moved on. But uh, Billy J, Jonas Kalmakorp, Seb Ullamet came in, and the team went on a, a a massive run, which eventually culminated in in the the win at Bellevue with the the league title. What what with what memories do you have of, of that season?
1: Yeah, obviously nervous to see team mates get sacked and that, um, but you know, say every team makes changes, and you know sometimes a change is good for club and rider. They can go, riders can get sat and go to another place and sort of, they click and they're like, yeah, go. Um, but yeah, it was, it changes it obviously it paid off because obviously when they won, won the league in that, but yeah, bringing Genoa back to the club, you know, the character he is, everyone, everyone loves him. Um, you know, you can't not love Billy, um, you know, Seb, well, professional as he was, a great gator. So you knew he would be going scoring points and everything. And, um,
0: it it just helped. Just just made the team more solid throughout, didn't it? With the uh, I mean people I remember Jonas was turning up at the end of the season, was banging in points everywhere and, and at that point you've started to to sort of increase your form and, and double figures as well and, and a bit of a platform for what's to come in in the future years.
1: Yeah, I say when when the team's going well and everyone's going well, you you sort of you push each other on you wanna you don't want to be the team that that's the riders let the team down. So, you know, if you go and have a bad meeting and you lose, you think, "Oh, I've let the team down." So you all, you're all pushing each other, and whenever has got, whenever it's like, oh, "I got you the same." You know, come on, us, we can do this. And you know, uh, the team spirit is a great. It always adds a few points on if you're having a laugh and joking with each other, and sort of taking and making that as you do. And you know, it showed
0: at Bellevue when we won the league. Yeah. And and you scored paid ten, uh, in that final and, and there was I was one of thousands of Beast fans that, that what felt like thousands anyway, that made the trip up. Um, that was your first season as well, riding with with Scotty. And um, Scotty had been brought in at that time as as the number one to replace AJ and and I think that gave you a personal target as well to, to try and catch up and, and buy for that number one slot over the couple of years that was to follow. Yeah, obviously bring Scotty in and to place AJ it was it was um
1: yeah, you know, to have another British rider there—it was great. Um, someone when like Scott had the number one on his back, so really, obviously he was a target for every rider because they all we all want to be number one. So again, it pushed him on and yeah. pushed us all on.
0: Yeah, and then and then after the the, the victorious you know event at Bellevue, you you signed again. So season number three, uh, you've increased your average again. Um, the team didn't do as well with with injuries and stuff, but you picked up knockout cup um with the club for the first time and and at that point as well rory was beginning to after his injuries from the year before he was beginning to make it a, a real interesting top 3 again with yourself and scott yeah obviously it,
1: no one we never attained our
0: title but say winning what we did that year it's always nice
1: to win silverware um again say between me scott and and rory we was all pushing each other to to be better so um it it, it was great um, rory was um Always has a nice opinion, which <laughs> everyone, everyone knows. And you know, I've always got on with Rory. We've raced with and against each other for many, many years. Obviously, they're you not know, the same age. Um, So, yeah, you know, Rory, Rory's Rory, aren't they? You know, Rory's a character, and he, he makes that in the pits different as well as, as as the way Scott does in different ways. So, you know, everyone's different. we got all them different characters. It's just great for the team.
0: And and I think it's good that, I mean, this is what now, 15 years ago we're at, and you still talk fondly about your time, you know, with the club, and, and you've still got that relationship with, with Rory and Scott, and, and it shows that there's a, although there's a target to try and be the number one, there's a, there's a healthy respect there.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, there are no one I really, you know, I don't go out. You know, there's no one I ain't got a problem with in speedway as such, um you know, so... You know, we're all there to do a job. We're all there to to we all want to win trophies and and have a successful career. Um, you know, yeah, it, it's no good having fallouts in the team. Obviously, me and Scott had a bit of one probably between a few years after. Um, as everyone knows, but that was more from off people around the scenes and in the pit crews and that sparked it all than me and Scott ourselves. But you know, we're fine. Everything's we're fine now because we've been riding in teams together since and. You know, we everything's
0: a proper job. Good stuff. Um, and then probably for me, Chris, two thousand and seven, um probably one of the best years of, of your career. I know you're you're still going strong now, but um, you know, an average that gets raised up to well over nine points. Um and, and the fabulous treble that the club, you know, goes down in history, that team in two thousand and seven that just destroyed everybody throughout the season. Um and And obviously I had Roscoe on a few weeks back, and you know he was a manager there at the time and and you know even he admitted that you know although Swindon were the favorites that year that they just couldn't get near us at coventry and and it seemed to be again a a team that was team spirit first and and it seemed to help with the results with John joining midway through that that really seemed to be the, the missing piece yeah
1: it it was great obviously um it was it... <sighs> You know the team spirit again was was, it was there. But obviously that's when when they brought Jono in, and he you know he's a character in himself, and um you know he's he made like you know fun of everything of everyone. Even when you know that year, me and Scott weren't really talking because of the sort of the fallout. Um you know, and I've got no problem with with saying you know me, me and Scott wasn't talking then, but we was pulled to side by Colin and said look, you know. Your problems away from Coventry, and your personal problems ain't my problem. You, when you're here, you race the a team, and that's what we did. We put that, and we just got on with it. Obviously, we pushed each other because we, we didn't want to be beat by each other, which only benefited the team. And with John and coming in, taking the mick at us out both, you know, in the change rooms to say, "Oh, are you, know, you two not talking?" Even though he knew we wasn't, but just things like that made us both <laughs> laugh, and you know, all of us laughing, just things, just things like that. And when you, you know, it sort of takes that pressure off, as in, like you haven't, you're there to do a job, but. You know it's fun. You you got to be. You know when you can go to work and have fun, it makes life so much easier.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And in, in the three finals that year, we we beat Swindon. I mean, Swindon was a track that, as a club, over the years, you know, I've been there many a time and watched us get get by sort of sixty points. But that year, we just seemed to find something that worked at Swindon, and then and then brought them back here after uh, keeping it tight in the first leg, and and then uh, and then destroying them around Brandon. Yeah. Again, I keep saying, but it just comes down to that team spirit, and
1: everyone's willing to push, is pushing each other on, and nobody wants to let your teammate down. So you're pushing each other, and you're in the pitch, you're talking, you're discussing things, and you said you just keep pushing and pushing, and you know, we all, you know, team a lot of riders, and you say the team spirit in the team can add five points on your your chart at the end of the night. So you
0: know, just by just that team spirit. And 2007 being a, a massive year for the club. But then for you personally, um, I think the month of June 2007 will be probably, apart from the birth of the kids, one of the one of the best months of your, your Speedway life with not only uh, Cardiff, which we'll talk about in a minute, but 4th of June, you picked up your first British title um, around Wolverhampton, which is a, a track that you've always seemed to to get around really well. Um, what memories do you have of, of that night? Yeah, it was
1: great you know, winning that one. I... A problem in my own head. I should have won it at Bellevue the year before, but um, you know we we sort of chose the wrong gate position there, and it, the track was so slick that night before. Um, and the blue groove, Scott managed to outgate us all and, and pin us all to the curb. Where I went, should have chose the gate he chose after having the first choice. But you know, here, there, that's that. Um, you could have said, "I would have made the start anyway." But yeah, no, the O seven one was uh, <laughs> was good. You know, I went there determined that I wanted to win it. Um, just to say, coming close the year before and I was riding good that year the bikes, everything was feeling was feeling great and um, yeah it, I, don't know, maybe, I don't know if I dropped one or two points in the heat before the final or what um, but yeah, I remember I think I had first choice of the, the gate and I know gate one was the best one there so I thought if I can get out of that start I knew I was riding well enough to, to win it but um, yeah, it was a great feeling
0: uh, And I know that Chris, a lot of people have talked over the years about well, Chris Harris can't gate, and it's great when he can't gate because he's fantastic from the back. But you your gating, I don't think your gating has ever been a major issue. I just think sometimes you, you nail it and and like you did in that final you got out and went for it. Um obviously entertainment-wise, the crowd want you to miss a gate because um it is great to watch. But I guess for a rider, it's is it better for you to just get clean air and get out the gate and go, or do you enjoy the the battles of coming round, well, people.
1: Yeah, you know, everyone, everyone's gonna say it's better to make a start because you keep clean and um and that. But you know, when you yeah. can have a good race with someone, a good, fair, hard race, you know, there's not, there is, and um, win it. There is a, you know, no better feeling as you know, as a lot of riders say. Um, but yeah, I was glad that I made the final and made the start in that one because, you know, passing people like David Howell, home rider, um, obviously Scott. I can't remember who the other one was in that in the final. Now you'll probably know, but um. Passing, would, passing them riders around that track would have been tough. So to be out in front, it was, um, yeah, it was a good feeling.
0: Uh, have you ever missed a gate on purpose to try and make it exciting? Uh, no, no,
1: I'm just, I've just been that bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you've you've picked up your British title. Things are beginning to click with the bees on the way to the treble, and then Cardiff. Um, I mean, I, I'm, me and my brother have always been in the bad books of my dad because we we put him off putting a bet on you during the day. He was putting a bet on you at 25 to 1 and we said to him to keep his money. He can buy a drink with it. And, and when you crossed the line, we were we were being sworn out by my dad because he was gutted that he missed out. So but you didn't have faith in what, me? Um, Is that what you said? Memory... <laughs> at the time, I just said, look, keep it. I, I didn't know you were going to do as well <laughs> as you did. But um, he was trying to get us to pay out, but we weren't going to pay it. But it was, uh, it was a night that any British fan who was there will, will never forget. Um, and I'm sure for you, there are some great memories of the, not just the night, but I mean the whole Cardiff and the whole Grand Prix situation. It's a lot of a lot of planning, a lot of uh, sort of hours have to go in even before you get to the tapes, isn't there? At a weekend, what was the what was sort of the feeling around Cardiff? Yeah, we go
1: down on the Friday and you know get get the practice in and do all that you do Friday and
0: all that side of it, and then
1: obviously like, you go off to the hotel and pop around the pits, to the mechanics get all the bikes ready. For the following day, and then yeah, wake up the next day, go straight to the stadium. And everyone that used to go sightseeing and walk round because it's the same me, I used to go straight to the stadium once I was awake at 10 o'clock. <laughs> and um, <laughs> now nah. we used to get up, go to the, go to the stadium, and then I, I always used to pop round by the bikes really and just, just chat to the mechanic and wind him up and have a bit of a laugh with him. You know, old Ted <laughs> at the time, he was. Was there and uh, yeah, yeah. It was just he's just chilling around really, and I think probably at the time probably had my PSP there playing in the back of the van, but my feet up for a bit, um, and then uh yeah, have a bit of lunch. I think I had a Corn- we had Cornish pasties, brought up and organised, and had obviously sponsors Thank coming you. in all throughout the day, so we had to you know have a bit of hospitality with them and chat with them, and just it was just
0: laid back and chilled really, but just like up like me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and on the on the evening itself, you you got your way through. You battled through the the track was a little bit choppy that night, which which a lot of people think that it, it probably played in chance a bit more. But what memories do you have of that that final? Because you at one point you were last and you, you carved your way through and, and managed to pass Greg, which not a lot of people do. But uh, what, what memories have you got of that those four laps? Do you watch? I watched a few times. especially time? when it comes up
1: on my timeline, on me f- everything. And um, <laughs> I do uh, I do go and watch it if I'm feeling uh like sort of down or you know not motivated uh, or or something's going wrong in my head and you just can't get yourself going and I've watched it a few times just to get my self belief I guess and that love back thinking well yeah you know this is what I've got in for it for and you sort of energize you if you like. Um same as everyone in any yeah. job they get down in their jobs don't even you know I'm actually love doing it. <laughs> but um yeah I remember it um yeah. I remember Greg jumping the start and, and then it was a rerun. Um sort of a I think I lifted a bit in the rerun. Um, Nothing too high, but I know I didn't make it, as the commentator said. <laughs> um, I managed to go around the inside, I think, and then uh, drive up the inside of Jason and the, down the back straight into the turn three. Hit a hole, hit a bit of lump and ended up near the air fence going around. So I managed to leg trail around there and sort of stay in front of Lee just and then managed to sort of cut back on in, to go into the turn one again. I know I managed to get up the inside of Jason and cause they, they was all missing the ruts, but I was hitting them every time and uh, lifting and almost went inside of Greg and then set suit after him and was having a steady lap then a couple of laps. And then yeah, um, almost got Greg, I think coming on the third lap coming out the last corner, but he, uh, he, he read it as he does. And then I must, you know for, well, we we'd, we'd just try something different. We've got nothing to lose here. Um, went a bit wider, bit up a lot of speed then down the back straight. As I was going down there, I I sort of never gathered that I was going to get around Greg because he was he had the shorter route on the inside. But, um, you know, I was like going down the straight and I remember saying, thinking, beep, he's, he, he spotted me. <laughs> um, and then I think with him looking, it put him, it put him off his line, going into the corner and he just obviously hit that bit of right, and I managed yeah. just to read it right, just got back at the right time and I knew... Once I got in my wheels and I and got alongside him and the bike where the bike was put in, I knew I was gonna have that run and uh, yeah, to cross that line in front first. Um to win a Grand Prix for the first time was was a great feeling, but to have it in front of your home crowd was,
0: you know, extra special. You know, the it, it was great. And and just to hear you talking about that, it, it still brings back, you know, hairs on the on the neck and, and that sort of stuff. And what was the, um, when you did that parade lap and, and the, the flags and the, I mean, the noise was just immense um, and, and still now, still the only British rider to, to win a home GP. Um, it, it must give you a great feeling when yeah, you do the, watch it. The, I
1: can't remember if it was the ride around on the, I can't remember if it was all in individual cars or what we went around on, but I remember we were on the podium all going around. Jason come over, <laughs> leant over to me and goes, "Bomber, you can smile. And, and you don't get no bigger than this, mate. You, <laughs> won, you just won your home corn free but I think I was in so much shock. And you know, that, to me, that was the biggest thing I've ever won in my career of racing. You know, to win, say, a corn free in your home. You know, I was, I was still in shock yeah. for what I just went and done. Um, but yeah, you know, and Greg and and Jason was both brilliant with me. On the podium, lifting me up as well. They was, you know, true professionals, and uh, you know, I can't thank them enough for for what they did for me as well for that night.
0: I was I was gonna say that the lineup for that final is probably one of the toughest races you'll, you'll have you'll ever faced. Um and it's great that both of those that have won at Cardiff before probably knew what it meant. Um and, and that's why they probably, you know, gave you the the lift up on the trophy that, that you well deserved. So two thousand and seven definitely in the history books is a is a major year for Chris Harris. Um two thousand and then in two thousand and eight, Chris, um, two more team trophies: Craven Shield victory and and an Elite League pairs uh, title with Hans Anderson, who joined the club. What was it like riding with Hans in the pairs?
1: Yeah, no, to, it was great to obviously win the the shield and the the pairs, especially with Hans. Uh, I've known him for many years, rode against him at uh, club level, Grand Prix, and then to ride with him in the team was great. Um, he's a great team man. Um, I always found he was out you know, a good a good team partner to have and it showed in the pairs where we we clinched that um he would make a start and then I would just find my way through so it was uh, it was always good stuff um never really had no problems with him over the years um and in that year we we were good together
0: and and hans was somebody that's been been at the the bees a couple of times as well and um always has the professional kit as like like, like the danes do and uh, and he was somebody that that formed a good spearhead at the top of the team with you
1: yeah, he was always all professional. So, like I said, all the things are that's the way they're, you that know, they brought up that way um, and that. But uh, yeah, it was it was good. So he was a good team man. He's good to a good number one. He would you know you can know he would go out there and you know nine times out of ten win the race or he was in the top two, um, which is always good. Where you want to you number one to go out there and start us off on a good good way. So um, yeah, it was always, I really enjoyed riding with him.
0: And and then in two thousand and nine, it was the first year that for for quite a while that you didn't manage to pick any team honours up with the club, but you you did manage to retain or, or regain back your your British title down at Pool. And uh, I know you were close to to retaining it down at Swindon the year before, but you made sure of of getting it back in two thousand and nine down at Pool, a track that you've you've ridden well in the past.
1: Yeah, obviously, got a, we didn't get anything with the team. Um, always want to win trophies with your team, but yeah, it was always it was nice to to get the title. Back again, uh, that I lost down at Swindon. Um, but yeah, it was uh, great for me. But I'm a dozen doing it down at pool since I the track over well. Um, always enjoy going there and to do it the hard way, but through the semi semi final as it was then and then into the final. But uh, yeah, made two good gates when it counted and uh,
0: come home with the with the gold as you like. And and what what sort of what pride do you take in when you became British number one? I know you, you were close a couple of years before 2007, but it, is that sort of one of your, your major goals that you start out each season? Yeah, obviously I love, love yeah riding
1: and, um, you know, to, to be British champion is a great honor. And, uh, you know, I always set out at the start of the year as one of my goals is to try to win it. Um, and to be, you know, as you like England's number one, as it, if you put as that stage was, was always great. Um, main thing is that we just try to uh to improve every year
0: yeah and then 2010 which was again to become uh, a really important year for you on a personal level but uh you'd been at the club then sort of 6 7 years um out and out number one uh and again the club got off to a, a bit of a rough start but made some changes midway through uh and and brought in a couple of riders a couple of polish riders and, and one of them in particular uh, you know, joined you at the top of the team and, and that was Christoph Kasperzak. What was it like riding with somebody like KK who could be very unpredictable with 15, one week and sort of two or three the next? Yeah.
1: We, obviously we didn't start off great, but I say the, the management made changes of bringing KK, Bridger and uh, Shamak in. So, um, you know, obviously it paid off as you see at the end of the year, but, uh, yeah, KK is one of them frustrated riders. Um, just when you're a teammate, because you you don't know what one's going to turn up. But when the right one turn up, he's unbeatable. Really, um, mm-hmm. it's just getting out that one to turn up every week. Um, and I think with the, with with what I've learned over the years with him to to get that KK every week. You gotta you gotta show him the love. You gotta you gotta put your arm around him, and uh, you know show him that he's number one. And you know make him believe that. that he's wanted and he's, he's needed that, that club, um, which I found in the past. And, um, you know, especially at Coventry there, everyone team spirit was great. And,
0: uh, it showed in his riding. Yeah. And, and obviously the, the big, uh, the big talking point 2010 from a, a club perspective was the, the fabulous grand final down at, at pool in October, where we're taking a, a good healthy lead down there. Um, 12 points, I think it was. And, uh, it was a bit of a, a good start by Paul, but then the infamous Heat 6, and you, you, we talked earlier about your, your memories of the Cardiff race and, and another race that people uh, watch a number of times, and I put it on the social media this week, because picking yourself up off the floor after being uh, run over by Bridger was uh, was one of those infamous TV moments that Sky Sports continue to play. What was What were the thoughts going in your head on that first corner of Heat 6 when when Chris went for a gap and, and just nicked you off and you were laid literally in the middle of the turn with Darcy and Bridger still, still at full power.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, as long as I made a a reasonable start and I thought I was over Chris enough, but with Paul, you can get your front wheel over on the grass. So obviously he, he used his track knowledge there and all, and uh, got over as far as he could without the back wheel going over and, you know, just give us a bit of a shove as you, as anyone would in that first corner, especially in a, in a grand final. Um, and it just unsettled me and I lost my f- my footing and balance and uh, I come down I just remember calling up in a ball like I normally do and pray that nobody hits me runs over me and f- thought oh they would have the two on the outside hopefully would have re- read it early and cut back but uh, they didn't have time and obviously Bridger ran over the top of us and um, it was one of them lying on the floor in a bit of pain and thinking where am I I'm here everything's moving I can feel everything and
0: yeah and we went from there really and obviously the the t v pictures of you you getting yourself up and then sprinting back to the the pits i mean that would have it certainly gave the bees fans in the crowd massive hope that you know the chance of winning the final was still on. I think it probably psychologically got into the the pool toolboxes and, and and sort of their heads began to drop. but what was the sort of what was the sort of team spirit like in the pits when they saw you get back in there yeah i i
1: think it was
0: i think it was relieved that I got up um.
1: I definitely uh, was not going to stay down. Just when they said that, uh, that they wanted to take me off to the hospital, I was like, "No, nah, I'm good, tut. I'm off. I've got a rerun <laughs> to win." Um, so I know I sort of got up and sp- sprinted back, and uh, yeah, I think I think once I got up and out of set, I think the crowd was uh, picked themselves up and heard and made themselves heard, and I think the, the riders as well we, in the pits, they was uh, especially in the commentary side, they was relieved. Um, I think I think we would maybe a ride down anyway without Eddie. I'm not sure.
0: Um, yeah Eddie, Eddie got injured the week yes, before
1: so yeah you know. sort of down anyway um so yeah and then the re-1 again I made an okay start but not good enough and Chris done exactly the same but obviously I read it this time and I got stuck in mid on no man's land in the re-1 and
0: uh had
1: a good battle with Chris then for four laps
0: uh, and you've had you've had quite a few battles with with Chris and and Darcy down at Paul over the years but that race I mean Roscoe when we spoke to him um, you know, he said that, that that race doesn't get given the credit it deserved, especially after what you'd been through sort of 10 minutes before. Um, you sort of, it wasn't really throwing bikes at each other, but you both gave yourselves, you know, enough room to warrant it to be a, a great race over the fall lap. Yeah, we both pushed each other. hard So we left enough
1: room um, that was fair to each and both respected each other's uh, race that we was both enjoying. I think I think Chris was enjoying it as much as I was, to be favouring though, say lost out. But uh you know, I remember lifting down the back straight on the last lap, and I thought, "Ah, oh, he's got me now." But I managed to to keep my momentum and and cut back and uh, get him to the to of the line again. So, um, yeah, it was a it was a great race, and um, I guess hopefully it's it rest was history spurred the boys on. And you know, when when you can have a race like that, it lifts the whole team. I think because uh, I
0: think we went on a good one after that with with the with the races. Yeah, we we smoked them certainly for the rest of the meeting, and then you you finally got the chance to be that person to to lift the the trophy first, being the captain. What what was it? Did it feel any different being the captain uh, of a, a winning team?
1: Yeah, um it, I guess it
0: does a little bit. Um,
1: in in the back of it, in, you know, I was there with Scott for them years and sort of like vice captain and and everything. But when you're a captain there, you you got that responsibility to be the, it's g the riders up and make sure that everything's good, even if you're having a bad one yourself. You always try to make sure you can g G the riders up and um, go out there and win still, and um, to to be the one to put your hand on the trophy first and, and lift it
0: was was a great feeling. And and obviously earlier in the year you'd had the the major boost of retaining the British title, so you're winning it back to back by winning it at Monmore for a second time, and and again retaining it is always something that's a lot harder than than sort of winning it back, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it was something I wanted to try to do, um, to to keep it, especially at Wolves, and um, again it was. Uh, a a tight first corner at, at Wolves but um I managed to to come out on top and and just keep that in uh, in the cabinet for an extra year and um yeah it was it was a great feeling to see to win it
0: back to back. Yeah. And, and two thousand ten on a personal level, um great great year for yourself because obviously you, you settled down and, and met somebody who's been a, a rock by your side ever since with all your your planning and getting you to meetings on time and stuff and and that's when you met with Emma, wasn't it? Yeah, the start of that
1: that yeah was uh, was was but was important. She uh, settled me settled me down and uh, got my head uh, straight and focused, and you know got me on the on the right path as as you like to to, to keep to keep going. And uh, you know, numerous times she uh, kicks me at the backside and gets my head <laughs> in in the right direction. And uh, yeah, she's uh, as, as I say. Oh, behind every man's is a, a great woman, and that's uh, definitely what I got there. Um, she's, uh, yeah. she, I think without I'd be very lost. So all my organising, as flights or ferries and anything to do with that, that's uh, she's straight on it. Because me and computers are like I can turn them on and check you email, and that's about it. Uh, my side of the <laughs> job is, is to race yeah.
0: <laughs> Um And then at the end of that year, Chris, it was a a, a terrible time for bees fans because there was a lot of. To and fro in with uh, Sandu, the BSBA, uh, Peter but both clubs at the time, not knowing if they were going to turn up to the track uh, in March, and and you you made a, a deal and managed to to move to Bellevue. How how long did you have to leave it before sort of making that choice? Cause obviously, you you need to ensure you're earning money when you're when you're riding. Yeah,
1: it's a tough one because Mr. Sandu is, you know, speaking to him, but I personally that he uh, he said that you know that that's gonna obviously tried to run but at one stage it was like we're not running that's it and then uh you know he, he didn't want me to go anywhere else he was but I said to him you know we i got to be riding I can't not be racing especially with being in the Grand Prix and and everything I felt like I ride better when I'm busy and so um even though you know he said he would have helped us out financially if needed as well if not earning anything in England but you know the opportunity to come to ride at Bellevue it was a track that I enjoyed racing at and um Felt it was a it was a good challenge and something that I needed to to go and do, especially being a small smaller track.
0: Yeah, because uh, you, you've obviously you know you, you you've mentioned before Peterborough, you know the big wide open spaces there, but you know certainly at Monmore and, and Bellevue, you you can get around those places pretty quick and. It doesn't really matter to you if it's a big wide open one or a bit more technical. You, you've got you've got some of those tracks really dialed in. Haven't yeah, you? pretty much. All ones in England, I,
1: I've sort of mastered now. And on this kind of thing. The only one that I always frustrated myself with was was Ryals or Lakeside or wherever the, they, mm-hmm. it was called in the end. But uh, but I've been to the, that track and called well as well. So it's um, it, it's all in your mm-hmm. head. Um, you know, once you once you've got a, once you've got the right surroundings around you and the right things and everything in the bike and there's everything around you is right. You you know it makes life a lot easier, and you can uh, you can ride anything really. Could run a, a
0: a gate with an engine, in if you're feeling that good. <laughs> um, and and you did return Chris to the club a couple of times, but one of the the highlights for yourself was was being able to hold your your testimonial meeting at Brandon, which was, you know, really well attended, and and I was there on the day, and there there was people from all over the country, you know, all tracks um had come to support you, and that. That must have been nice to see, sort of how well you were respected across the tracks in the UK. Yeah,
1: obviously we always wanted to have it at Coventry, um, so when, when it arrived, that I could have a testimonial and and uh, we spoke to Mick and that I could have it there. It was in uh, Sunday, so it was it was great to have it there and to see different fans from different tracks. It was it was nice, um, like you said, it just meant that you know I wasn't hated or anything at, at most tracks because I've guessed it probably for every track in in the country so at one stage so um and you know everyone knows wherever I go I go to race and whoever I'm riding for I've always give 110 percent so uh um
0: yeah that that was nice and and you were you were honored as well to to have um somebody that we only really see at Cardiff nowadays but Nicky came over and uh and and he put on a great show as well for the fans yeah we spoke to
1: him the year before at Grand Prix um me and Chris Anderson when he was helping me at the time Manager, sort of thing, and um, you know Nicky was great to deal with. Chris uh, spoke to his manager because he said to speak to him and uh, that you know, he sort of all out, which they did, agreed um, the deal and everything, and how he wanted to come over and say he was coming over to do the Bellevue one, which unfortunately got called off. But I saw benefit, I guess, because people might not come to mine if they knew if they seen Nicky a few days before. So, um, you know, that that was great that he came in, he say he was i a professional. I've always respected him. Always got on well. Um, so yeah, we we managed to organise that. And you know, to, to be fair, organising testimonials, is hard work. You know, there's a lot of stuff going behind the scenes. So you know, we had every, yeah. we were, you know I didn't really get involved with it much because I was racing myself and you know it's not my cup of tea, <laughs> cup of tea. But you know that the, the, <laughs> the organize the people that was doing it, Chris and and Chris's wife and I think and uh, you know and Emma. She uh she done a lot of work behind the scenes on it and emails and phone calls and organizing things. So, you know, without without them and, and her especially,
0: I wouldn't have had a testimonial. Yeah. But uh, but it was a, a successful one as the, the club have had quite a few of them over the years with different riders. So it was great that you were you were well supported and and it was richly deserved. So the we'll we'll move on to the final season, 2016. Um again, I think at that point, fans and you know, people that have been there for a long time, probably getting a little bit tired of the, the politics in and around. But at any point, did you sort of get an inkling that that could be the last year? Was there anything sort of leaked to the riders at all?
1: Um, no, not really. Not during the season. Maybe towards the end, there might have been, um, if I remember rightly, whispers and that. But, uh, you know, when you spoke to Mick and that, he was like, oh, no, we're going we're gonna to be here. We're going to be running. And um, But as you know, by that time, I uh, before the season finished, I already announced I wouldn't be back. Um yeah. For, for for reasons that, you know, me and Mick didn't really say eye to eye. I. I didn't really feel that he wanted me there, Um, to be honest. I mean, he might have said he did and all this, but, you know, we had many a fallouts <laughs> over the years, over different yeah. little things. And the way, you know, Colin was treated, I don't think I was sort of in his plans that he wanted me there because he wanted me there, if you know what I mean. I think it was more he had me there because of the fans, knew that they wanted mm-hmm. me there. And, um, you know, because I was obviously had the the relationship I had with Colin probably didn't help as in how close I was with him. And uh, it's just, you know, it's a shame to say Coventry is um, like, is it's my home. It's uh, it's where I spent so many years, many most of my racing career there. So, you know, not, not to ride there after that. It was, it was, a sh- it was a shame really, but it was a decision that I needed to, to do because the, the atmosphere wasn't right. And when you're at the wrong track, with atmosphere like that, you don't, you don't enjoy it and
0: I want to go when I go to work I want to, to enjoy while I'm working yeah absolutely and uh I know that you with you being local and you'd have you know you keep updates on on the uh internet that you read and stuff but the, the work that Jeff and, and the group that are currently doing to try and try and get the sport back there I mean what what are your what are your thoughts and hopes of the future yeah of that? Jeff and that you know they're, they're doing a great job I really hope that they they can get commentary
1: back sooner rather than later um you know it, it's, it's just to me, it's the it's track should be should be back. You know, I think there should be more help from the from the powers to be in our sport as well, trying to 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 keep the track open and not being built on. Let's um, say, yeah. it's it's a great racing track on its day and everything. So if you know, I think if they could have a bit more help there, and Jeff can keep doing what they're doing, and you know, we can get the opportunity to ride back there
0: again. I was going to say, we get an exclusive then from you, Chris. We'll say that if uh, if the guys get back on track and you're still in your prime and you're still chucking that leg over the bike, that uh, you'd be more than happy to get back with that that fight. And be on yeah, your definitely. Yeah, I
1: always, you know, my aim was
0: that, that I'd retire riding at Coventry. So, fingers crossed that I can get that done. Brilliant. So, just to, just to touch on then, the, the season coming up, Chris, you've got, Hopefully May time you'll be able to certainly in the UK anyway be able to get a few laps in and and your thoughts and hopes for your, your season with Peterborough. And yeah, Birmingham? fingers crossed we can get the season going. Um, I'm
1: looking looking forward to it. Um, obviously with the new with the new bikes and everything that we have got, um, you know everything's looking good. Um, let's just get out there now and do some racing. So I'm looking forward to being back at Peterborough. It's a track I always enjoy. Uh, and, and back at Birmingham, the last time I was there, it wasn't the best of the years, but I can put that to rights and,
0: you know, show my worth there. So, yes, yeah, two tracks I enjoy, enjoy riding. And, and I'm sure with them being both local to to the Midlands that uh, there'll be a fair few Bees fans that will be appearing at, at both Peter and Birmingham. And I'm no doubt you'll see the, the black and yellow in the crowd and I'm sure they'll be there to uh, to cheer you on. So, if you have you got one final sort of message for... To the fans that are listening to this today, Chris, to uh, about your time at the club, I guess you, you look back on oh, it,
1: definitely the men's pride. Got, Um, say pride, and um, you know, can only thank them and can't thank them enough for uh for supporting me over all these years for the, the good and bad. Um, you know, they're always they're always they're backing you, and um, you know, it's it was great support, and hopefully
0: we can, uh, can get back up and running again. And what do we reckon? Another another five, ten years? What do you reckon? How long are you going? to Oh, yeah, keep going? I give
1: myself another ten to fifteen years. So I'm still I'm still young in my head. So <laughs> we just um, we'll just keep going until until we uh, feel that the the times the times come to to hang up the boots and everything and, and the levers and helmet and all. But um, we'll just take it year upon year and see how we're feeling. At the minute I'm feeling still good. And with this lockdown that we've had, it's definitely uh, showing that I'm not ready to retire yet because I don't know anything else and that are doing Mrs. Heading out um, every day, so she'll definitely be glad <laughs> when the season starts.
0: <laughs> well, Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. you. You do go down in history books, mate, as a as a proper country legend. Uh, thanks so much for your time, and uh, let's hope that uh, you get some silverware with with Peter with Birmingham. And who knows, maybe uh, get a chance to get get another pretty tight back much. this year. Yeah, mate. Right. Cheers, Chris. Thanks, mate.